In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero here with an After Dark episode of the IndieCast. Nope, no guests uh, for this week, at least. We'll get back to the guest next week. But uh, we are going to cover a bunch of just random topics. I'll be honest, I actually have not planned any topics for this one. Uh, one Mr. Zach Romero said he is going to... Uh, pepper me with topics here, so I, I have no idea what the hell is coming. Yes, uh, which actually yes. is wonderful. Uh, so I'm I am excited to see. Uh, you, what you get exactly to be a, you, you get to be like our normal guests, meaning you've done zero research into what our show is, and every question I, catches you off guard, right? Uh, regardless of what they say to us before recording. Um, right. Yes, hello everybody. Yes, we've been on an absolute tear as of late in terms of just really having some great guests and telling some amazing stories. Um, by a little behind the scenes look by the viewer count, you guys have been enjoying it. So we really appreciate the dozens and dozens um, yeah, checking do. it out. And, and if we can help <laughs> you discover new talent and new people to watch, then we've done our job. So we're just taking a little break this week. Um, so, uh, Chad, I actually have, um, two, uh, complete derailment questions for you. Okay. And, I think uh, this is an entire episode of derailment questions. Though, potentially, really. <laughs> potentially, but everything else is kind of on topic. These are completely not on topic. Okay. Um, so I'm going to see, maybe we'll, f- we'll put both of these derailments in the episode. Maybe not. Um, if one works, the other doesn't, then I'll just pretend it was one derailment question and I'll just edit that in. Um, so derailment question number one, uh, just last week was the two year anniversary of the infamous, Izzy and Leva versus Effie <laughs> internet title fight at Punk Pro Wrestling. And Can't be um, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And so that match, infamous because it broke the wrestling Twitter for uh, quite a while. Uh, Jim Cornette shit his pants. Uh, he shit pure blood. Um, Vince Russo took two bong hits and. Um, from actual other legitimate companies, they shunned us and and uh, and told us that we were out of our minds, and we got plenty of blowback. Uh, there were wrestling t- teachers who quit. There were companies that had to completely readjust themselves. It was pandemonium. So, with all that being said, two years later, what is your biggest takeaway from that match, Chad? Uh-huh. Looking and and don't and and mind you, th- this was a big a big day for us for like you you well, know obviously us, punk, but, but, but for the but network, for, yeah. But for as the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network, this was a huge thing because obviously that was for the Wrestling Nerds Internet Championship, yes. and uh, and uh, that was uh, the first uh, Megapod we'd ever done. We were all in like the room together. It was uh, it was it was quite the event. Uh, if you watch the match, you could you could hear. Uh, I think it's especially Jesse and I 
uh, screaming like like uh, like you know teenage girls at a Beatles concert at point, right, yes, um, yes. just completely completely losing our fucking mind. Um, looking looking back, I I just remember being like in the center of the hurricane, yeah, and watching the insanity go on around us. Um, ultimately, you know. <laughs> You know what I think of the most on that one? You know who I think ultimately came out the the best out of all of that? Um, other than the internet title, who, you know, it, it definitely got some some notice on that one there. Um, God damn it, Effie's a professional. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really, of, of all the things I have to give credit for, yes, it, Izzy did a, you know, a great job for somebody that had been training for, like, you know, a few months. Yeah, and, a short amount of time. You know, leave as a professional, as always. That was the day I think uh, officially, and it's not like, and he had been on the show twice before, mm-hmm. and and things like that. So it wasn't like we hadn't dealt with the the amazingness that is Effie. But that day with that match, especially, um, just like what a freaking star he is, and yes. and why, and, and I think the only reason he hasn't been signed to a larger company right now is simply because. Because he doesn't want to be. Yes, um, I agree. Like, like I, I think other companies would. I think once the, the the hurricane ended, once everything kind of blew over a little bit, I would have been shocked that a company didn't pick him up. But I think he's so happy, like being Effie. Yeah. <laughs> that why why would he you know kind of you know uh, strap himself down to a to a company when he can just keep doing what he's doing uh he would be almost um the and i'm gonna you know for those of you playing the indycast drinking game at home get ready Uh-oh. to take a drink uh for he's like he's like the bruiser brody of <laughs> he, he is he is the uh the big queer bruiser brody of this of this uh of this era because what a shirt what a shirt he, that's going to be right he uh, but he he definitely can go wherever the hell he wants he immediately becomes like a household name wherever he goes. And when he feels like he's worn out his welcome somewhere, he just gets up and goes somewhere else, um, which is exactly what Brody did like his entire career, right up until obviously they killed him in Puerto Rico. But right. that's a whole, that's, that's a whole dark Effie, side of the ring. Stay away from, stay away from the, the, right. the, that feet, please. Right. So, but, um, but no, uh, I, I think that was probably the, the biggest thing I took away from that too. And the fact that like, she's, he, you know, he called like I'm going to choke slam that girl. He said it on the show, and damn it, he choke slammed her. He, he started off the show by just immediately bitch slapping an, an 11 year old. It's like, well, here's, absolutely. So, so, so for me, uh, the thing that always stands out. So you put it perfectly. Consummate professional Fe is incredible. However, the thing that sticks out to me is Fe the artist. Mm-hmm. Because so what I'm about to say, which I'm hoping I've admitted previously on the show, I hope this isn't like exclusive uh, two years after the fact, but this is going to fly. In, this is going to seemingly fly into the face of what Chad just said. Effie was not supposed to lose that match. The original ending that was dictated by our booker at the time was that Effie was going to roll up Izzy and win and keep the title. 
And somehow between that prior to the show and showtime, Effie had decided, no, this makes much more sense to have this be Izzy's moment. And it's going to tell a better story and it's going to be more of a shock. And so he went out and that's what they did. And they were incredible. And you can hear it on my shitty commentary. And I say shitty because <laughs> I lose my mind from the bell ringing. Like I, I don't hold my shit together <laughs> at all. It is probably one of the worst performances of my career. I am just <laughs> shitting on myself from the moment the bell rings. I completely lose my shit until the bell rings again. But you can even hear in that moment. When she wins, my mind is erased. I have no words because that's right. definitely not what was agreed upon. But <laughs> that's a fucking artist, man. And especially since I don't for anybody who's following me on social media, I am priding myself as pro wrestling's Ed Wood. Not so much the alcoholism, I'm working on it, but more so the grassroots unending optimism doing it doing the art we want to make and damn everybody else right and that is one of those moments as a promoter <laughs> should i be mad i don't know maybe but that moment worked he made the right choice and right that moment lived forever and will live forever and relationships <laughs> fell apart after that you know controversy was made we were you know <laughs> Are, a lot of people were saying we should have been shut down. We got a lot of scorn. We got a lot of praise. But that's what good art does. And right. so that's what I'll always take away. It's like you saw Effie as Effie is the big gay bruiser Brody of this era. I saw Effie as this is an artist true to the core and is making decisions that will challenge people. And I And I can't do anything but respect that. Do you, uh, you know, and you, you brought me back as you're, as you're describing the fact that, because I, I did remember you told me later, but actually you told, you actually told me at that moment, which is funny because I'm in the audience, I'm in the front row with Jesse and Rick from Hammoth, from Hammoth Fist, and you're obviously on commentary and the pinfall happens. Rick, Jesse, and I lose it. We're, we're just completely like, you know, metaphorically shitting ourselves. And I looked across the stage at you at the table and I went, and I remember I mouthed the words, what the fuck? And you looked back at me and you went, and you mouthed the words back because you're on commentary, but you mouthed back. I had no idea. You were completely <laughs> shaking your head. And I was like, what do you mean you didn't? So that I was like, what? and that's like, I was like chomping at the bit for the show to end. Not because I was uh, wanted to see the show end because it's a, it's a really good show from beginning to end, obviously. Um, cause that was the show that had the, um, round Robin tournament with yes. Epic John Davis, Warhorse, and Gary, Gary J, yeah. which is, uh, it just, which is just a bunch of amazing matches. Like yeah, we literally yeah. opened our show with back-to-back -back main events like, yeah. for that, for that episode. We were completely that, backwards. That, uh, that show, but that show is absolutely amazing, but everybody's going to always talk about that. It doesn't right. matter how good those matches, everybody's always going to talk about Effie Izzy. Because that that ultimately, though it wasn't the last match of the show, was was the main event of the show. Um, yeah. But yeah, fifty three thousand oh, views on YouTube on on our official uh, video of that match. Right. That's so, yeah, that's the, that's the real question number one. Question <laughs> number two 
recently, uh, we're getting, we're finally getting into the spooky season. There's pumpkin flavors at coffee places now, and yep. we're starting to build some momentum. And so at Universal Studios, they have the Tribute Store, which has just unveiled a, an entire Beetlejuice room, um, which yes. basically they just took sets from the haunted house that they were building and just jammed it in the store. Um, right. So my question to you, and there is an ulterior motive to this question. Um, okay. If you could make a uh, sales pitch to Universal to take a film property and make it a haunted house for Halloween mm. Horror Nights, what would it be? And it's got to be something they haven't already done. Ideally, which I've got a decent enough memory. I ran through the entire gauntlet of basically every Halloween Horror Night ever on our, on my other podcast, uh, Frightful Failures. So if you do bring up something that's already been done, I may I may be able to call you out on it. Um, I swear to God, if you say Killer Clowns, I'll slap you right to the phone. No, don't worry. I, I was I was there for I was there for that one. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yes. um, you kidding? Of course, I was out for that one. That was. I even just had some friends of mine buy me two of the new Killer Clown uh, Funko Pops. They just had very nice, very nice, good plug. So those are going onto my uh, going onto my wall. Um, okay, so let me try to let me try to math this out a little bit. I know okay. they've done a Halloween one. I, I'm 99 percent sure they've done a, a Nightmare on Elm Street one before. Correct. Uh, I am a million percent sure they've done a Friday the Thirteenth one before. Correct. Um, I can hit you with some specific details if you'd like. Um, well, no, because I kind of, if they've already done one, even if it's like from one of the other, like one of the other movies, like quite honestly, let's be honest. If you've done a Friday the 13th movie, unless you did the first movie, which is obviously a, a completely different animal from what ultimately the other ones become. Um, like once you get to like what, a, a Friday the 13th, Part three, I think they're all pretty formulaic from that point, if I remember correctly. True, but I argue that they could have done uh, Jason Takes Manhattan and set it in New York. True. Um, <clears throat> well, the point done... I was J- making was they've done Halloween 1, they've done Halloween 2, and they've done Halloween 4. Oh, so they've never done Season of the Witch. They've not done Season of the Witch. Oh, well, then that's probably going to be my answer then, because yeah, I, I think I... <laughs> I think I've spoken many times about how I, I, I find that to be one of my favorite, uh, favorite horror movies and, and how it would be spoken of much higher if it didn't have the Halloween name in front of it. If it was just I do agree with that. season of the witch and they just made that a thing. I think that would be, that would be excellent. Um, would you, you know name was... the house season of the witch instead of Halloween three? Yes. So you yeah, I fall into that same trap, you know, 30 yeah. years later. Um, also that, you know what, not a, um, not a movie property, but since they've done TV properties as well, uh, you know what I'd be very interested to see them do? I would love to see them do a, um, Doctor Who, uh, Blink. Oh, that would be excellent. Um, a haunted house with the, uh. With the Weeping Angel the, statues. That would be very interesting. Angel. That would, that would be another one that I would, I would love to see. Um, so something, something like that, like a, like Blink or, um. I can't remember the name of the episode with the uh, with the children wearing the gas masks. That episode. oh yes 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 yeah. uh, that's the ninth um, doctor yes yes so one of the one of those I think that would, would be, be very right. interesting. I hadn't considered that. So so my so, ulterior motive for asking that is that will be an upcoming topic on frightful failures. I have a, I'll have a list of like five properties that I'll be giving pitches on, including like specific scare 
options and and setups and things along those lines. So if you're not already listening to Frightful Failures, we've also been doing a series of interviews on that uh, on that show. But um, we'll be getting back down to to weirdness uh, and and pooping all over movies uh, shortly. Well, here but, since you, since we're talking Universal and theme parks, don't forget to go to the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network uh, YouTube channel. Right. Uh, where you can watch uh, Fat Man Little Park. Uh, right. I just d- had uh, Hagrid's go up uh, this week, and I might be getting close to the end of this one here. I know I have a couple episodes coming up pretty soon that are um, the rides that uh, I, I was able to ride. Uh, that's a two. That's a two parter. So look out for that one because I know I I had a couple people uh, message me and go. This is getting depressing. You're not riding anything. Uh, (laughs) When will you get to to ride something? And uh, I, I had to let them know to keep watching. You can't spoil it. Can't spoil the twist. And and you talk about what's riding. And uh, I just legitimately got back from Disney last weekend and uh, definitely recorded some, uh, some rides while I was there, uh, including a big thunder mountain uh, Mm. with, with my five-year-old and (laughs) And uh, Space Mountain by myself. Uh, so if you are uh, a fat folk like me and are wondering, hey, can I get on anything at Disney? I, Universal doesn't look great. Is Disney worth the park uh, admission? Keep watching. I've got those. You know. I have to edit, but I've got the episodes coming up. So let me so. ask you this. Um, now that you're doing this show, are you looking, are you digging into potential upcoming rides and things like that with more interest now? Or are you just kind of like taking them as you see them? No, I, I actually, I went to, um, one of the, uh, I can spoiler this a little bit. There, there is right now in Disney world, as far as I am aware, only one ride that actually has a seat tester before you get on pretty much everything else is, well, g- good luck. And, and you get on and hope, <laughs> hope you can now, uh, don't get me wrong. I've had a lot more luck, and and we've talked about. It. I'm a Disney pass holder. Uh, you guys are too. Uh, obviously, I I haven't talked a lot about rides that I can't make it onto in Disney on the IndyCast. So, spoiler alert: a little bit for the some of the Disney rides. I'm going to have a little bit more luck on the ones I'm getting on there. But um, in um, Animal Kingdom, in the Avatar section there is uh, a ride called Flight of Passage that has a tester seat. Mm. And I particularly went to um, Animal Kingdom on my weekend trip here so that I could film that ride, so that I could go to, so that I could go in there specifically to film that ride. I mean, don't get me wrong. um, Mama Maximus was, was with me and the, the kiddos and um, Mama Maximus loves that park more than any park that Disney has. So, it, you know, part How of it was sad. to appease uh, <laughs> Mama Maximus. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but also, but like I said, I, I knew I was going in specifically. So literally to, there, there was a motive there. It wasn't just like, Oh, we haven't done this park in a while. It was like, I got, I got quotas to fill. I got to do this. Yeah. Like I, right, I got videos to hit here. It's like, if, you know, if I'm going to go, baby? I'm going to go through Magic Kingdom, and I know I'm going to be able to fit on the majority of the rides, and I'm not going to have problems. I need one where there's some uh, where there's some conflict, and damn it, there it was. <laughs> I need conflict, I need baby. Some, I need some conflict. I need some drama. So, yeah. So that was uh, so that was my my big thing for going to there. So yeah, now I am 
I am looking at rides and I'm even like, now I'm pondering like wanting to go back to parks that quite honestly, like previously I'd be like, eh, I don't really need to go back to that park all that much just so that I can like put it build stuff test. for it. Yeah. So I get you right. Cause like, like for instance, uh, I, I mean, I live maybe 30 minutes away tops from Bush gardens. Um, and it's not normally a park I would make a lot of trips out to um, because I know for the most part, there, there are a lot of coasters there that I don't know if I can get on. So I really just haven't given it the shot. And usually when I'm there, I'm with the kids anyway and stuff like that. So um, now I'm like, well, let's go and see what happens and see if I can squeeze on any of these things. So, right. Um, and what then, about, you know, what about like future builds? Like, do you look at like the rumor mills about the third, uh, Universal Studios, you know, theme park that's being built. Are you like looking that over? Like, oh, okay, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario Kart ride. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Oh no, you can. I'm looking even shorter term than that. They've got the, um, you know, obviously there were pictures just at Universal recently of them moving a uh, a Velociraptor into place. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're almost finished with that unannounced fucking clearly Raptor themed uh, right. uh, roller coaster in Jurassic Park. Right. So you bet your ass I'm going to be over there to like try to squeeze my butt into their test because I know there's going to be a tester seat. So I'm going, yeah. okay, well, here we go. Let's give that's it, let's give it amazing. a shot. That's amazing. And then I love that's and then, the theming things now. And then there's stuff at other parks that like, I just, you know, uh, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Um, and when I'm doing a family trip, like to, to Disney, like I did this past weekend, sure. You know, my, you know, my mom and, and, you know, Cheyenne, right. You know, are all willing to like grab my phone and help me film, film stuff. But, you know, at some point I have to just be like, okay, let's just go enjoy the ride. Right. Yeah. Eventually you kind of have to go, all right, well, let's actually do something. So, uh, so like, you know, like magic kingdom, I've still got a bunch of rides I could go on and film. And, uh, I haven't been to Hollywood studios yet. I've got, you know, uh, multiple rides there that I can, I can film and Epcot. Well, okay. Epcot's Epcot. Um, well, also Epcot's super under construction right now. So why? So but it's when Epcot, like, Oh, can I go into this gift shop? Like that's about as I, much content as you're going to get right now. But once Epcot gets out of construction, then, you know, then uh, now, then I'll have a, uh, you know, like a guardian to the galaxy coaster ride that I can, True. I can test out stuff like and, that. And so. a new, uh, a new spaceship earth. Also true, because the first one's apparently wee weeing all over people in line now, so that's just hysterical Good. unto itself. Good. So, but yeah, so, uh, but it's been fun. Uh, like I said, I, I the way I figured it by what I just filmed, I got to sit down and start editing at some point, uh, and I still have to edit the stuff on my my, my daughter's uh, channel too, because they're looking at me going, "Dad, when's our content going up?" Okay, relax, um, relax. We're building an empire, kids. Right, exactly. Um, but I should have content all the way through the end of the year if i put up one a week so that's wonderful yay, yay for that but yeah, kudos to you. and then in january i'm screwed i got i gotta figure right. something out to, to put up there but uh, you're fucked all over again right. so um so speaking of content uh a couple of weeks ago uh dc and warner brothers had a big look how great we are virtual you know conference i guess virtual convention they're calling yeah, it it was, yeah, it was a virtual, weird online virtual convention that I feel like, did that kind of come out of nowhere or am I just like way behind lately? I thought it was originally supposed to be, um, 
part of Comic-Con because Comic-Con was doing like a digital thing and they just chose not to really participate and then they did their own thing. So it kind of sort of came out of nowhere. Um, But let's uh, I want to run through some of these things now. Uh, So, Chad, did you watch everything that they had to show, like all the videos that they that they posted? I don't know if I watched everything. I watched a a lot of it, though. Okay. Um, I'll be interested. Give me the list and I'll tell you what I, what I did see and what I did. So, so we'll start with the Batman trailer starring, uh, Robert Pattinson. Watch that three times, actually. That's, okay. That's... So let's talk about this a little bit. Cause I'm feeling a little bit like a negative Nell and I feel like everybody else and their mother is uh pretty jizzy about it. So let's talk about what, what was your takes <laughs> and why did you watch it three times? Well, okay. No, I'm going to flip this on you a little bit because oh, I want to know why. I want to know why you're negative now about it. What's the? What's, not, what's the? So, I, I if I was listening to me be a, a Debbie Downer, I would assume that I'm going to be an asshole and be like, "Oh, the guy from Twilight." No, that's right. not the problem. He was in the Lighthouse. He's been in a thousand movies. He's a perfectly fine actor. I don't have any problem with that. Um, I like the Riddler. I, I'm glad that the Riddler is getting a. a, a, a a moment in the sun. I'm kind of surprised it took this long to, to, to reuse the Riddler because the Riddler has no powers whatsoever is not. Um, uh, th- th- you don't need a lot of suspension of disbelief with the Riddler. He's just a guy who thinks he's smarter than everyone else and is committing crimes to prove that. So like the fact that he wasn't in the Nolan ones, I was kind of surprised by, but then again, you know, Jim Carrey was very cartoonish. So I guess they had to give it time to fucking cool out or whatever. No, my problem is I, I I'm sick of, I'm sick of super gritty superhero movies. Like, like as soon as the Joker did exceedingly well, I was like, well, we're not learning any lessons. You know, the, the end all be all answer to any of Warner brothers superhero problems is why is there not enough Batman or Joker involved in this project? So, you know, another gritty Batman movie. I don't love that. Um, I, it, it even struck me as funny that if you go on YouTube and look up like the official Batman trailer, the thumbnail has is brighter and has more contrast to it than the actual scene itself. Like they had to digitally like enhance the screenshot so that you could actually see his face and not just be like, Oh, it's just dark on dark. Um, So I, I'm just, it looks fine. Um, the cast looks very good. I'm interested to see Andy Serkis as Alfred. Um, but just the concept, like if you told me like, Hey, they're making another Batman movie and I go, okay, what's the gimmick in this one? Well, it's really serious and dark and gritty. I'm like, okay, well, I don't care. I've already seen that a thousand times. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, so that's why I'm feeling kind of a Debbie Downer on it. I don't have any ill will towards the cast. Um, it looks like a very competently made movie. Um, the Riddler being super sinister. Okay, that's fine. I prefer my Riddler to be a little goofier, but that's fine. Um, and Robert Pattinson seems like he's fine as Batman. You know, okay. But, you so, know, just him brooding and brooding and brooding. I'm like, okay, I got it. Thank you. So. Let me say this first. If you are out there listening to us right now and your biggest problem with the Batman movie was the fact that the guy from Twilight was in it. 
Ugh. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop listening. You you shouldn't be listening many, to us. Either. How many times do we have to learn this <laughs> lesson? By the way. Oh, right. Heath Ledger can't be the Joker. That's the guy from Brokeback Mountain and Ten Things right. I Hate About You. Shut the fuck up. Right. Oh, you can't have Daniel Craig be James Bond. He's right. blonde and he was in Layer Cake. Shut the fuck up. Actors act. That's it. Even even at like people shit on Affleck for yeah. being Batman. Oh, you and can't I thought have it... the guy who was like the weird fuck you in the butt guy from Mallrats be Batman. Right. Shut the fuck up. Affleck was, <laughs> Affleck, Affleck was a bomb in Phantoms, yo. That's but true. um but no um so uh yeah I, I had no problem when they announced Pattinson as the as Batman I had no issue with that I thought he'd be fine. Um yeah. and he probably will be and he looks great in this one. Here's where I'm going to try to save the gritty Batman thing. I know where and I know where you're coming from and yeah. Batman see the problem is with Batman as a whole minus the 60s TV show and maybe a little bit of the early com the early comic book for the most part since probably I guess I would say the 80s mm-hmm. and I'm gonna guess here and, and one Rick the Sussman and Sussman is probably like listening to this right now going well actually in 1975 right exactly. uh, where he'll give me the whole rundown later in in our well, chat. so Frank Miller so, wrote him that really right. we got the modern interpretation yeah <laughs> but um Batman's just gritty and brooding that's just the character true. Now. very true uh, you're absolutely the right um the fact that i have heard that instead of making it less of a superhero movie and more of a film noir detective movie um gives me hope that it's not going to just necessarily be the same old batman we've gotten previously not that I and I don't have a big a problem with, with the broody Batman as you do. If there's going to be a character that you're going to have be dark and brooding, this is it. Batman's the one you can do this with. It's when True. they try. It's when DC tries to do shit like that with like fucking Superman, um, or um, you know characters like that that just don't really have that dark and brooding side to them, or shouldn't have it nearly as much as Batman. Um, that it becomes annoying and that's where sometimes i think dc forgets the characters that they that they have Um, you're absolutely right you're absolutely right but you're the point that you're making i'm also attributing to the villains meaning sure i like the riddler to be flamboyant and i like the riddler to be Mm -hmm. boisterous but oftentimes with the very very gritty batman movies is that they bring everybody else down to be gritty meaning like we don't get a, you know, theatrical, over-the-top scarecrow. We get a man in a suit who happens to have a scarecrow mask. Like, it brings right. everyone else down to be gritty, as opposed to they can still be colorful and flamboyant, and now it's juxtapositioned or juxtaposed against a very brooding Batman. Like, I, okay. I agree. We, a brooding Batman is a good Batman. I do agree with that. However, to also say, well, his villains have to be brooding as well is sure. where I have a problem. Okay. No, I can, I, I can see where you're coming with that. I'll be interested to see more because they didn't show a lot of the Riddler in this. Obviously, Very true. I think that purposely. So maybe we are getting a little bit more flamboyant than what they're showing right now. Which would be nice. Um, 
which which could be interesting. You know, my other big problem with this Batman movie is not to not to join in your Debbie Downer run here, yeah. but um, uh, so I do know that uh, Riddler is in this and it's kind of the main bad guy, but uh, I definitely saw Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that they have Penguin in here. Mm-hmm. I think I heard Hush is in this. That would be interesting. Um. That's unless you're doing a specific um, storyline based off of that, something like the long good, uh, uh, long, Halloween. Long, long Halloween, which involves uh, most of the local, you know, the main villains of Batman um, being like targeted. Um, I feel like there, there's too many, too many cooks in the kitchen right now. I agree with that. Um, I, I, I would... always hate. I always hate it when they put too many villains in and, and the Spider-Man movies tend to do that a lot. And it yeah, really annoys the shit out of me. Adding incrementally. You're absolutely right. Um, on paper, I would say, you know, keep Riddler as your main focus, but you can have other villains exist. Like I don't have a problem with, with the penguin being a mob boss. Right. And Batman, like, cross paths with him at some point and we kind of get that as sort of like an easter egg or same thing with hush like i don't have a problem with uh thomas elliott being a character in the movie and you go you lean over in the theater go by the way that's the guy who becomes hush uh spoiler alert by the way um spoiler alert for like a 25 year old comic book um but i can't imagine the penguin as a bit part or as a, like just a throwaway character or somebody is like an Easter egg and you have Colin Farrell play him. Like right. I imagine you're going to have him have a lot of screen time. So unless, unless you've signed Colin Farrell to multiple movies already. That's true. That's and true. then like you get him for media, you know, medium sized part as like the Easter egg here. So, you know, he's going to have some time, but not as much so that you can like, move him into the to the next movie um That's true. and uh you know the one thing i'm I, i'm hoping that uh i'm hoping that colin farrell maybe watched a little bit of um god did you watch gotham i watched a little bits and pieces of it i didn't i didn't get through the whole series i got i definitely watched the first few seasons though um and the guy that they had playing penguin in that i absolutely loved the way he played penguin in it and i hope some more people kind of take a look at it. Right. He was kind of, kind of manic, uh, a little manic crazy. And uh, I, I loved the way that he played it. And, and you'll be go back and watch some of some of the way he, uh, I forget the actor's name and I'll look it up later. Um, but uh, I thought he was excellent. I thought if they could get somebody who plays it similar to, more to that and less like Danny DeVito circus. Well, yeah, I was just going to say the, you know, a lot of, the portrayals of penguin, you know, they all kind of have like a similar backstory of like, Oh, he was shunned by his family because of his like appearance. And instead of being like that caused him a great deal of trauma, like the, you know, kind of the Gotham interpretation. And it just became like, he became obsessed with money and bird puns. Like, okay, well that's not really how I don't, I don't think that's how trauma works, but okay. Right. Um, but I agree. I agree. So, um, so, all right. So we're kind of split down the middle with the Batman trailer. You've you've brought up some very good points that I don't have answers to, and obviously we're basing this all off of you know one trailer that, as you pointed out, doesn't show terribly much. 
Um, so let's talk about, did you watch the uh, Snyder Cut teaser? Yes, I watched that for the first time yesterday. Excellent. Uh, I, I did have a good laugh that the, uh, the again, use of um, Hallelujah in a Snyder Yes, product. true, true. Um, he did use which, that in Watchmen for a sex scene, that's true. Which the guy who played Owlman in, in, uh, in Watchmen definitely did get on Twitter and went, hey, I know that song, uh, which, <laughs> I thought, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, I am. So here's the thing with the Snyder cut. I'm very interested to see what comes out of this. Um, because, well, well, I I think anybody who listens to our show knows my thoughts on it. I had a whole psychotic episode about it. So yes, (laughs) to say that we're interested to see where this goes is an understatement. I guess I'll just be very interested to see how they put this together without the ability to reshoot some of the stuff that they've missed. I think we talked about this when you had your psychotic break on this one. Yes. yes. So, um, I, I think the, the trailer looks really good. And, and once again, I think, I, I think, um, when DC is trying not so hard to just copy everything Marvel is doing, it actually looks better for DC and that, and very similar with like the Batman movie, uh, very similar to the, the Snyder cut. It seems like it's got a much more serious tone than everything else that we've kind of seen recently. Or like what they tried to do with, um, the original suicide squad movie where they mm-hmm. tried to almost make it like, Hey, this is kind of like, this is kind of like uh, guardians of the galaxy. Uh, right. it could be kind of wacky and funny. The funny part is the new the new Suicide Squad movie. Hold on, hold on. We're not there yet. Okay. I definitely yeah, want to talk, talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But um I don't know. I, I like that other other than the song choice made me laugh. Um if for nothing more, I, I think it should be inter- I didn't like the way Dark Side looked. I was a little I, was yeah, little that was one that. Of those, I agree. I agree completely. Because we talked about it before, like, oh, how much like CG is going to be needed to to you know fill in the gaps here, and then you see that you know PS2 rendered you know dark right. side, and you're like, oh boy, is that what we're working with to fill in the gaps? Um, now I'm not I'm not a scholar when it comes to the the original version of Justice League. I couldn't even tell you if I've seen the whole damn thing, but apparently because I did some research, right. All of the all of the clips that were used in this teaser were all things that did not appear in the in the original cut. They appeared in the first trailers of the original cut, but obviously they were not put in in the form we see them now in right. the original finished product. So right. I was like, okay, well that makes slightly more sense because otherwise it's just sort of like a weird laid out trailer. But now when you know that, you're like, okay, so this is all new footage or this is footage that we didn't get or it's altered to be slightly different like superman's costume is black you know the scene with uh aquaman and wonder woman and cyborg is against like a regular sky and not like a weird cg red sky you know uh so that's sort of the homage i'm like oh that's fine it's apparently going to be four episodes four hour long episodes 
Right. Yikes, Aroni. Um, and apparently there's allusions to a lot of time travel by the flash. So I was like, that's going to make things complicated. Um, but overall, well, I don't know, just more of just more of just kind of watching being like, what the fuck? What right. Pandora's box is this project going to open of like, right. What does this mean for movies now? That's, that's really, I'm interested to see what the result of this is going to be here. Here's my one hope for, for the result this is going to have. I, I almost in a strange way hope that this really blows up and a lot of people are like, that was amazing. That was the movie I wanted. So that maybe, just maybe, the movie companies will stop and listen to the artistic people. <laughs> right, who, who they hired. Who they hired to do this shit and just let them make the movie that they had like envisioned. Um, because, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Snyder had his own personal issues that came up. I understand that, you know, they had to bring in another director, even though they probably could have just waited, but they weren't going to do that because they wanted to get this justice league movie out, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. Um, but if they had let, you know, if they had just let them make the movie that they originally had planned and, not tried to once again like hey we're gonna go in and change it because we want this to look like avengers um right and maybe they would have had something there and and you know would have gone with it I'm, again i'm hoping based off of this four-hour adventure we're all about to go on right uh, that it's actually hopefully like there's something to it to make us go that was that's amazing and we can go on from there um Apparently, this movie is also going to absolutely uh, kill Josh Wheaton's career, from what I'm seeing. But that's a whole other story. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. So now let's talk about the new Suicide Squad, which didn't even have a trailer. It just sort of had like a behind the scenes video, sort of kinda, and a an official reveal of like who everybody's playing in the movie. Right. Now, I did not see the behind the scenes. I did see the roster reveal. Okay. Um, for that, because and I would count that as a as a trailer for the most part. Um, <laughs> there, there's a there's a wonderful amount of great actors in there. Uh, I know some of them whose characters had not been um, released yet. I know Idris Elba's character was a big question mark. I know John Cena's character was a big question mark, but I think a lot of people had kind of had kind of guessed on what Cena was probably going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the cast listing, they did an, an amazing job with the cast listing. And um, I just, I love the fact that they have gone in like for, for the most part, to some of the bottom of the barrel fucking rogues gallery. Yes. And said, we're going to put them in a movie and see what happens. And the funny part is you've got the absolute right person to do that with, because obviously Tim Gunn's directing this movie who took four, let's be honest, four or five or five, pardon me, kind of bottom of the barrel characters for Marvel in the guardians of the galaxy. Cause I mean, let's be honest. Before the movie came out, how many people other than, like, again, maybe Rick the Sussman Sussman knew who, like, 
Star-Lord or Groot or Rocket or any of those characters really were. Most of the general public didn't know who the hell any of them were, and now they're some of the most beloved characters in the in the Marvel Universe right now. So very I'll be very interested to see what, what he can do with characters like Polka Dot Man. Right. Or, or Ratcatcher or, you know, Weasel. Right. Right, or can can he make something out of, um, you know, freaking uh, boomer, you know, Captain Boomerang, who was like kind of a, almost a throwaway character in the first movie. Um, the uh, the person I'm actually most excited about in this uh, once again would be uh, Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller, which I think is uh, she was probably the absolute best part of the original Suicide Squad movie. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what she does on this one because uh, well, that is something that's so bonkers about this project. Obviously, not nearly to the degree that like the Snyder Cut is, but like the craziness of doing basically a reboot, but taking certain actors that you liked. Right, that's nuts. You know the 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 fact that you know James Gunn was like. Well, you know, Vela Davis did a fucking phenomenal job. The guy who played Colonel Flag was good. The guy who played Captain Boomerang was good. Margot Robbie's obviously the moneymaker. You yes. know, let's keep those people, but everybody else can go to hell. It's like, what the fuck? Um, like, imagine if they did that with, with Star Wars. Like, imagine if in, you know, the newer ones, the in the, you know, in uh, The Force Awakens... You had, you know, uh, Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. And then in The Last Jedi, it was somebody totally different playing Han Solo instead. Because they were like, eh, I don't love it. Like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Um, or or a better example would be if in The Last Jedi, everybody got recast except for Adam Driver. And it's just like, right. okay. Um, but I will say pretty goddamn hyped about this. I watched yeah. the, the roster pretty fucking hyped. Um, I hate that I'm hyped, but I'm pretty goddamn hyped. Right. Um, the thing, the, the only thing I'll say about the behind the scenes thing, which really doesn't show you terribly much more than the roster reveal, um, is, oh my God, are they go like their entire fucking ad campaign is holy shit we got James Gunn and this is going to be a James Gunn movie like in the behind the scenes thing there's so many times they get really really fucking hyperbolic about the like this was the craziest filming experience of my entire career and this is I'm putting it all out on the line here and yada yada and I'm like okay I get it you're very excited that's fine um but to the point that you made about like holy shit, you know, digging deep to get these fucking characters that they're going to use, I think is brilliant yeah. in regards to there is, there was a comic book that was running for a time that uh, Luna read um, called Gotham city sirens. And it mm -hmm. was a very interesting series. It was about uh, Harley Quinn and poison Ivy and Catwoman. And basically it was like just stories about them branching out on their own and trying to figure out like, are they going to be heroes? Are they going to be villains? Like, how do they kind of fit in their own thing? And it's a very, very well put together uh, book. However, one of the issues that they ran into 
was that they couldn't do anything that was too outrageous that would upset the balance of the rest of the Batman world. So like you couldn't just, because it still existed in Canon with everything else, you couldn't just have an issue where it was like, Oh, well, Harley Quinn murdered the Joker. And so now this is life without that. You couldn't do that. Or you couldn't be like, well, we want to have an issue where the penguin comes over and he fucks shit up. Well, you can't use the penguin right now because Batman's supposed to be fighting the penguin in two issues and Baba and you're like, Oh Jesus. Well, in Suicide Squad, by going with these, you know, some in some cases like D-list fucking characters, if not worse, is you got nobody, no executive is going to tell you, well, you can't kill off Polka Dot Man. Like, right. when you have characters that nobody gives a shit about, you have full free reign to tell whatever the fuck kind of story you want to tell. So, you know, they, in the little behind the scenes thing, they were like, Oh, it's like a seventies gritty, uh, like war movie with it that has super villains in it. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, don't get too attached to anybody because <laughs> nobody cares. Like nobody up top cares about these characters. So if you kill off peacekeeper played by John Cena, like, Hey, that's a bummer. We can't use John Cena in the future movies. But they fucking killed off Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if it's getting people to come to see it. So I think that's a brilliant move on their part to use shitball characters that it's like, by the way, doesn't matter if they die. Like, that's, you know, because you always run into that, you know, with, with very few exceptions. It's like, unless you know for a fact, like, oh, hey. Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is up. And even then he may still be popping up in future movies. Unless you know that, you know, the main characters are pretty much safe. But in this case, other than Margot Robbie, like everybody else is basically fair game. And I think that's really interesting. I'm trying to look up. I know that, um, uh, <laughs> I feel like, and now I feel like we should have had Rick on the episode. Absolutely. Uh, we should have. This was a huge oversight uh, on our part and he's going to be pissed. <laughs> But uh, Rick had just put in, and I forget what the name of the comic book was. There was another comic book um, that did something very similar to kind of what they're talking about, where they um, they had wanted to do a group of supervillains, and and I think it was a DC supervillain, and they had gone to the gone to the main people from DC to go, hey, um, we'd like to use you know Joker and this guy and this guy. It's like. Oh, we and for that exact reason, we can't do anything with that because we, you know, Joker's doing this and so one's doing that. Um, and and they were just talking about how they had to go. Hey, we're just going to go right to the bottom of the freaking barrel and grab whoever we can. And um, you know, obviously, there's nobody you're using. And and how much more fun that actually became. Well, because they were. To be able to do that, so I was gonna say a couple of examples I can think off the top of my head, which will hopefully impress uh, Sussman if he's actually listening, is um, the Watchmen was like that. Uh, Alan right. Moore wanted to use the Charleston superheroes that uh, de- that I guess was either up for sale or something along those lines, and at the last minute they were like, "Yeah, no, you can't, you can't use the Charleston one, sorry." And so he was like, "All right, fine, I'll make like." great variety brand versions of the Charleston heroes and everybody can suck it. So that's why Rorschach looks like the question and da, 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 because 
they were all characters at the time. Uh, Night Owl was Blue Beetle, you know, all these characters that were established, but nobody gave a shit about. He was like, oh, great, fair game. And then at the last minute, they're like, ah, well, we would prefer if you didn't have, you know, Blue Beetle be impotent. And it's like, all right, well, fuck it then. I'll just make my own. So that's number one. Number two, my personal favorite version of the Justice League was in that same situation. Um, Keith Giffen was given the the reins to write his own uh, Justice League book as main canon in the uh, mid to late 80s. And he was like, oh, fantastic. Like, I got all these ideas. You know, we're going to have Superman do this. We're going to have Batman do this. And we're going to have Wonder Woman do this. And we're going to have Aquaman do this. And DC was like, yeah, you can't. You can't use any of those fucking characters. Sorry, they're all in other projects right now. And he's like, what the fuck? So his team ends up being this like ragtag goof-ass team because of that. And it ends up being one of my favorite books because they knew what was up and they were like, all right, well, what happens when you've got a Justice League that's full of losers? So, you know, that's that's where that kind of, that lent itself to the story that they ended up telling. So I think this is all gravy. I'm very excited to to see where this goes. Um, like you said, the the cast is incredible. Um and I'm I'm just interested to see where where it goes. If I hope it's like my favorite version of the Justice League, where like, hey man, these characters could just be talking to one another, and it, and I'd be thrilled. Right. Um. So that that's all I've got for the DC. I mean, there were some video games announced. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> I played Fall Guys on PlayStation, and I suck ass, and I get mad at it. That's all I'm doing right now. I don't give a shit. Um, uh, and by the way, I found the name of that other group. It was the Secret Six. Um, yes. Yes. Which- which had um because i remember they talked about using like catman and ragdoll and at the time catman was a joke um and how they were able to kind of turn that character around because of stuff like that they absolutely um, did they made ragman kick ass like that was that was a really incredible turnaround of characters that didn't give a shit about and then they went all right well fuck you then and they made them into something uh video game wise i did see the trailer for um Suicide Squad um, kills the Justice League. Kills, kills the Justice League, uh, which uh, was looked like an absolute blast. I'll probably be horrible at it, and I would have to buy <laughs> something beyond a PS3 to uh, to play it, uh, which will probably never happen um, because I don't have time to play video games nearly as much as I'd like to. Uh, even though I am coming very close to buying uh, uh, what's the game called Cuphead on my daughter's Switch. Oh, she's uh, going to get real mad at that. Because she's gonna get well, real, real mad. Oh no! I just want to buy it for me. I don't care about her in this. That episode. soundtrack is incredible. Take over her switch, um, but but that game looks the game looks amazing from what I've seen. Yes. But um, but so does uh, the yeah. Kill the Justice League looks absolutely amazing as well. Uh, the one thing that definitely made me happy, if nothing else, is um, if it is not Margot Robbie playing um, Harley. Yes then it has to be Tara Strong. Right, that's true. That's her only other options. There are two options. It's Margot Robbie in the movies and Tara Strong for every other fucking thing that's Harley. And thank God it's it's Tara Strong playing Harley. Um, Once I saw that, I'm like, okay, we're fine. Um, Because there are just certain people that, especially if it's voiceover work, I know it should be able to be done by other people, but Tara Strong is Harley Quinn. There's no two ways around it. Um, Mark Hamill is the Joker. Yep. There's no two ways around it. Um, 
uh, Kevin Conroy's Batman. Right. There's no two ways around it. After that, it, like I, I'm sure there are other people that are probably a little more known for their those characters, but those three specifically should be played by nobody else but those three people. Um, other than that, that's you know you can you're you're open to interpretation from there. So agreed. All yeah. right, so that's all I've got here. Oh, um, the there was the the Gotham Knights. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah. you can play as. Damian Wayne and he's an asshole. I got it. I don't care. Um, but Damian, Damian Wayne's an asshole in the comic books too, though. So yeah, I mean, true. Um, nothing. Else. So, so, so that's fine. Whatever. Um, the only other thing here that I've got on the docket, and this is probably going to be sort of a lightning round situation here, is uh, as uh, Chad alluded to earlier, uh, we are both very big Disney guys, and so um, that being said, Disney Plus has just dropped a boatload of Halloween content onto mm-hmm. Disney plus. And so I wanted to just run through the list here and see if any of these move the needle for you personally in any way. Okay. So I'm going to just go down the list here. Uh, first off, uh, the animated adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 1949. Uh, very excited about that one. Um, Excellent. so looking, looking forward to sitting. I don't think I've watched that one in quite a while or it, yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that. Uh, the Disney TV movie, Don't Look Under the Bed from 1989. Mm, don't know anything about it. So, so, it's so not, not moving the needle. I'll say no needle movement there. Uh, Frank and Weenie from 1984, the short by Tim Burton. Tim, Tim Burton um, minorly moves the needle. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a view because I do. I think that for completion's sake, if nothing else, I don't think I've seen that short. So. Uh, they also have Frank and Weenie from 2012, the animated feature. I feel like I've seen that when it was okay. Um, it doesn't move the needle nearly as much as the short does. Uh, the Ghosts of Buxley Hall from 1980. That sounds like a movie you're going to have to review for your for your web show. Um, oh, okay. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me backtrack here. I'm actually, we're, we're I know we said lightning round, but we're going to, let me fuck this up real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I mean, that All doesn't right. sound nearly as bad as Spookly the Square Pumpkin, but. Well, you know. I mean, what is truly um, right. Spookly By Christmas. The way, they did make a sequel. Yes, I know. I know. I've got, I've got several other reviews that I've completely neglected for a year, like an <laughs> asshole. Um, so to jump back for a minute, don't look under the bed, 1999. I'm going to read you the, like the through line here. Okay. A teen enlists the help of an imaginary friend named Larry Houdini to deal with a prank playing boogeyman. Who's framing her for his dastardly deeds. That is don't look under the bed from 1999. Mm, it sounds like something my daughter, my 10 year old would like, but no, it doesn't move the needle for me. I'm looking to see if there's anybody I recognize and I don't see a single goddamn person. Okay, fine. The ghosts of Buxley hall from 1980 ghosts and a young cadet try to save a military Academy from being closed. Definitely. No, no, (laughs) no, no movement whatsoever. No. Okay. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, Girl versus Monster from uh, 
once again, sounds like just because it's girl versus, I feel like my my daughters will love that one. So uh, for them, I will say that will that'll move the needle needle a little bit because they'll probably want to watch it. Uh, I was gonna say that one is a teen girl goes on a mission to recapture a dangerous monster that she accidentally released before it can do harm to her parents. Yeah, no, definitely a movie that my my girls are gonna want to watch. So, uh, a classic. Halloween Town from 1998, another uh, made-for-TV movie. Uh, which I don't think I've ever actually seen. That moves the needle because I keep hearing about it. So I just watched it with Luna for the first time. She's seen it a thousand times. I watched it for the of first course. time the other night. Um, it kind of reminds me of what I'm sure plenty of people assumed the movie Hocus Pocus was going to be. Okay. Because um, it's, it's a little cheese. Um and it has um, Debbie Reynolds as your main lead. So, okay. So there you go. So I, I, I would say that that may move the needle somewhat here. Okay. In addition to Halloween Town, they're also putting Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Halloween Town High, and Return to Halloween Town. Oh, Jesus. No. God, no. So it's an Dis- ass load of Halloween Town. Yeah, Disney sequels, especially like ones that sound straight. To, like the original Halloween Town was like, like I said, was a TV movie, right? Right. And then they all were, I think, straight <clears throat> DVD or something along those lines. Yeah. So that should tell you everything you need to know. Straight to DVD Disney sequels are usually the drizzling shit. So okay. no movement on that. Okay, on Halloween Town. So next up on our list is the Eddie Murphy-led Haunted Mansion from 2003. God, no. No. <laughs> All right, no. fair enough. First off, fair enough. First off, first off how, how dare you? Uh, that's like, that movie just... Mm. Which, which is more insulting? Uh, Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy or Tower of Terror... With Steve Gutenberg. Did did Tower of Terror get released in the theaters? I don't think it did. Okay, it, because I, I think Haunted Mansion did. Yes. So so Haunted Mansion definitely is the is the bigger how dare you I think because like I I'm like the the direct to you know direct to video releases I can just kind of go oh, okay they were but. But when you actually like take the time to try to put together a movie based off of a, a ride, especially one like, you know, obviously one that I, I have an entire living room almost decorated to, that I, I went out of my way to go to go to the parks and buy a, a special pop vinyl that they were only selling to pass holders uh, okay. so that I could get a hold of it last week. Um, yeah, no. How, how dare you, Eddie Murphy? Um, Fair enough. I, so. We've also got uh, Hocus Pocus from 1993, to no one's surprise. Uh, no, to no one's surprise. Um, like I, I own it on DVD now because it was at the $5 bin once at uh, at uh, Walmart, and we picked it up because actually one Miss Luna Lynn had made such a big deal out of it that I'm like, well, yes. it can't be that bad. It, it's all right. It's cute. It, again, I, I think because I don't have the, like, nostalgia it, boner for it it's not right it's not connected to such nostalgia like like uh like the the great fight we have about christmas story uh when when that comes up i have a big nostalgia boner for christmas story that a lot of other people may not 
Um, right. So I love it, but I think that's kind of the same as Luna with uh, with Hocus Pocus. It's it's good though. So. Next up on the uh, the list here, Mom's got a date with a vampire from two thousand. Okay, that that moves the needle a little bit just because <laughs> of the, the title. The title's so ridiculous. Who's in it? That's that's the better uh, question. The the only name that I saw that I recognized in any way is um, uh, uh, Caroline Ray is the only name. Oh well, that's 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 not even an interest boner. That's just like. Although that's... wait a minute, Robert Carradine as Malachi von Helsing. Oh, well, there you've you got, go. You've got uh, one of the nerds from Revenge of the Nerds. So there you go. One of the nerds from Revenge of the Nerds and. One of the ants, Gilbert, from, I think, uh, from Revenge of the Nerds, and yes, one of the ants from uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch, not the not the remake they did. So, uh, next up, we've got Mister Boogadi from 1986. <laughs> sure, sure, I'll let them move, move the needle a little bit. Why not? <laughs> it's a really weird ghost story, uh, and then obviously uh, Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. Uh, love that movie. So excellent. Own it on DVD already, though, so I don't necessarily need it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Next up is Phantom of the Megaplex from 2000. Yeesh. That, oh, no. uh, See, okay, so that sounds like a movie I would want to play, like, riff tracks, too. Like, I want want a riff track. Uh, Mickey Rooney's in it, if that does anything for you. Mickey, what year did this movie come out? Oh, 2000. So I'm talking like, oh, so we're talking old like, man looks like a nutsack, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't sell me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Mickey Rooney, when he was like, when he looks like melted Play Doh. Exactly. Not doing the uh, me Chinese, me play joke, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, <laughs> Mickey Rooney. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, next up, The Scream Team from 2002. Eccentric Frank Carlisle ran a horror shop in a small town, Steeple Falls, which takes pride in and profit from its Halloween traditions. Oh, Jesus, the summary goes on. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Ian discovers Grandpa's house is really haunted. Okay, I don't give a shit about any of that. So, um, The Scream Team. Uh, no, doesn't move the needle. Uh, it's got Kim Coates in it, um, and Kat Dennings, and Eric Idle, and Tommy uh, Davidson. All right, this sounds like uh, a decent... Okay. Well, okay, you got Kat Dennings and Eric Idle, so okay, maybe you've moved the needle a little bit there, then. Well, it, it looks like uh, Tommy Davidson and Eric Idle are ghosts, potentially, so that of course probably going to be very annoying. <laughs> we also have uh, 2005's Twitches... Which is, hold on, it's uh, two teen witches who were separated at birth and were adopted by two different families meet on their 21st birthday and must use their powers to save the world in which they were born, where their birth mother still lives. It, of course, stars Tia and Tamara. That is the Uh whole gimmick. I've seen this movie already. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Cheyenne. Cheyenne was watching this fairly recently because, again, Cheyenne has gotten very much into Harry Potter. Okay. Um, so anything that is involving witches, uh, she immediately gl- gloms onto and was indeed watching this on Disney uh, on Disney Plus a few weeks ago. So uh, it's been on there for a little while. I've already seen it. it it's it's a, it's a 
it's a you know it's a Tia and you know Tamara movie. It's cute. It wasn't bad. Well, it actually wasn't. It wasn't horrendous. Uh, soon to be playing at the uh, IndieCast headquarters, Twitches Two. Oh in well, two thousand seven. Yes. The long, the uh, much anticipated sequel to Twitches. Yeah, of course uh, it was. So that's also on Disney Plus now. Uh, I'm reading. Well, the, I get to, uh, get to okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. After using their powers to battle the forces of darkness, the sisters settle down to lead normal lives. However, the discovery that their biological father may not be dead, but residing in New York, causes confusion for the pair. Not an enticing ad line. That is not uh, enticing. No. But, but I'm sure I'll get stuck having to watch it. You absolutely will. And yeah. finally... Zombies from 2018. I've 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 seen that already too. <laughs> oh come on now! That is, that is another one that. Uh, oh no! And this one's even worse because this was the and here here's the real backstory on this one because um, <clears throat> the girls really love the movie the movie series Descendants. Uh, have you seen any of these? No, but I do see that that is recommended on IMDb. Yes. Uh, Descendants is a, uh, it's three movies actually, uh, that are based off of the idea that all of the bad guys from all of the Disney movies were shipped off to this island called the Isle of the Lost, where it's like basically the penal colony for them doing all the horrible things they did. And even though a bunch of the ones you thought were dead, somehow are still alive and, and living and got shipped off to this island. Uh, and they all uh, went to this island and had kids. And okay, now, that's a little now, weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets weirder as things go on. Spoiler alert. One of the main characters is the daughter of uh, Maleficent, and the dad just so happens to be Hades from Hercules. So, uh, Okay, so do they mention this in, like, the set up for the series like when it's like in the theme song like a long time ago the disney villains got sent to an island of shunning and then they all fucked like because yeah, that's no. kind of where we are here right oh and you don't find out that, that hades is the dad until the third movie oh um, of so course. generally it's they like it, it, that. yeah they did so um but the uh, son of Belle and the Beast, oh Lord, uh, uh, are the king and queen of the of Arendelle, which is the good area. Um, the their son Ben is going to become king and makes the determination that he wants to try to bridge the gap between the uh, the bad island and the good folks, and have five of the kids come over and attend the royal prep school. Uh, that as is you do. big school <laughs> as you do, and um, and 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 you know, hilarity ensues for lack of a better term. I'll uh, say, well, now we've just stumbled upon my new favorite segment of this show. <laughs> Chad attempts to explain a like preteen children's yes. show without yes. rolling his eyes too hard. <laughs> yeah, so so these are and these are all musicals, by the way. So oh, of course, of course, of they, course are. they are. Of fucking um, course they are. So, um, 
but they're all they're they're actually the second movie's actually not bad. The first movie's okay. The third movie's just you know what? It's very the funny part is it's very similar to almost how um, Back to the Future went. The first movie's amazing. The second movie's still really good. The third movie's kind of mad. Uh, and that's kind of how this goes too. But um, but after the uh, explosion, especially in my house, that was Descendants, they then came out with Zombies, which is another movie musical um, that that Cheyenne just had to see, which is about uh, like zombies at a high school, and it's basically like you know, kind of a, a short, you know, a, a short version of like talking about racism because the, the zombies are shunned, even though they're just regular people. Cause I guess they don't actually eat brains in this. It, it was all very, it was all very odd, but, uh, and I didn't pay attention as much on that one, but, uh, Again, yes, I've, I've seen most been, of that already. This has been Chad attempts to explain preteen <laughs> Disney shows without rolling his yeah. eyes too hard. Yes. So, but I have seen I have seen most of that one as well. Um, you should actually review zombies. That would be a funny oh one. My God, I'm sure Disney will be totally fine with me using their footage. Yeah, of um, course. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for all of my uh, horse shit that I've slung at my co-host here. Uh, Chad, do you have anything else, or are we getting to the plugs? Uh, let's get to the plugs. I am. Good. I am. Good. So, uh, as we said before, to any of the dozens and dozens, if somehow you've stumbled upon this as your first episode of the IndieCast. Holy shit. Uh, what a way to start things off. But uh, but please subscribe. Follow us on social media. Yell at me about being a Debbie Downer about the Batman trailer. Um, argue about whether or not the Descendants trilogy is on par with Back to the Future and whatever other <laughs> shit piles we stepped into in this episode. Uh, please follow us on social media. Uh, Chad, get your shit in. I don't, I don't remember what your uh, Twitter handle is. Uh, that's... That's actually uh, mine's actually pretty easy to remember now. Uh, you can obviously follow at IndieCast for the show, yes, or you can follow my uh, my uh, Twitter handle for uh, my web show on the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network, which is Fat Man Lil Park, L I L P A R K, Fat Man Lil Park. You can find me on all the social media for uh, Fat Man Lil Park because uh, that's kind of where my, my that that's where my uh, my other bread has been buttered, other than, than <laughs> obviously the show. Um, right. Uh, you then, can follow me on Twitter at uh, FG Zach Romero or uh, follow us at Punk Pro uh, or uh, at Fully Gimmicked. Uh, we've got so much new merch coming. Uh, also, adjacently, uh, since we've been talking about movies this episode, She Wolf Media on Etsy. Look, look for She Wolf Media. Uh, Luna has dropped a shitload of new merch. Uh, we had a real big, all of our, can our plans got canceled last weekend. So we just had a big fuck you craft day. And we've, made a bunch of new shit and it's all selling. So definitely go check that out. Um, and it's also the place that has, uh, the super, super, uh, deep cut cabin in the woods t-shirt, which I want more people to buy. Um, because it's the big dry race board and it's actually film accurate. So go buy that shit, uh, at fully gimmick.com <laughs> or she wolf media on Etsy. There you and, go. Uh, well, yeah, I think that, I think our shit is officially gotten. So, uh, yeah, clearly uh, we got to go watch zombies on Disney Plus. Right, exactly. Uh, and and you, uh, need to, and you need to catch up on the Descendants trilogy. Clearly, uh, clearly, so, yeah. I've been missing out. Uh, and enjoy Halloween Town. 
and potentially right. mom's got a date with a vampire. So with all yeah. that said, as we always end our shows here. <laughs> Hello? Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan. I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin.